Welcome to Just Sayin', a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now your host, Pastor Terry Wagner. Hey, welcome to another episode of Just Sayin', podcast of Tri-State Worship Center in South Point, Ohio. My name is Terry Wagner, better known as Pastor Terry or PT, PT, as they call me, even though I am an ordained bishop in the Church of God. It should be, well, it should be B.T., Bishop Terry. Bishop Terry, yeah. But anyway, that other voice that you're hearing <laughs> yeah, that reminds is... me of Betty. Well, Betty. You... Yeah, I will call him Betty. I Betty. Call him Betty. Uh, <laughs> I haven't introduced you guys yet. Sorry. you got to wait. But when my nephew used to lead worship here at Tri-State Worship Center, and so any communications that we had back and forth, he would always call uh, address me as... Uh, P-T-U-T-B-T, <laughs> Pastor Terry, Uncle Terry, Bishop Terry. And it was on all the community. He still does that. That's a sometimes. lot of letters. It is a lot of letters. So, hey, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Just Saying Podcast. I have with me in the room today, uh, Holly Schneider. Hello. She is uh, with us today and uh, also going to be our special guest, but I'll introduce Ooh. her in a minute. So. But she's here in the room. And also with us, of course, our uh, magician, our sound magician, Tyler Staten. You can't see right oh, now, yeah. but I'm pulling my thumb off. I'm it's amazing. It He's actually pulling his thumb off of his hand. And I'm so convinced that that is real. Um, anyway, we, we're glad you've joined us today. Today is going to be a, a podcast that I think will help many, many people. Uh, as we talk about some things maybe that uh, aren't talked about that much. So we really appreciate you tuning in. If you get a chance, if you could uh, like, share, comment, rate. Um, review. Review. I, I knew it was something. That I forgot. <laughs> One of those things. Go down there and smash the like button smash for it. us. And uh, that, that helps us to uh, to know who's listening and, and if we're doing something that, that uh, is encouraging and helping uh, people. So we appreciate that. So today, we are going to talk to Holly about uh, some, a couple different issues in her life, but one particular uh, time in her life where, where the Lord just really had to show up for her, uh, even though uh, it, it was a difficult, difficult time. So Holly, um, first, if you would just take a few minutes and kind of let the people know who you are. I'm Holly. Hi, Holly. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Um, I'm Holly Schneider, a.k.a. formerly known as Holly Wagner. That name sounds familiar. A.k.a. the pastor's daughter. The PK. There it is. The good old PK. Did you know, this is going to go in the banter section, but they actually have a a PK's weekend. Retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that when I was a kid? You guys were well-rounded and balanced and you didn't need it. That's not true. And now kids just are crazy and they they got to have it. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? Special little retreat for pastor's kids. Anyways. um, Was that a plug for something or you just wanted to bring it up? I was just jealous. (laughs) Okay. Um, So. You need to pray about that. I will. Um, Who am I? Who are you? I don't know. It's the burning question. And where you been? Um, let's oh, see. I'm gonna go off on another rabbit trail. Well, there's do a, it. There's a picture of me reading a Sesame Street book. <laughs> when I, wow, it's a peach frilly dress. Me reading a Sesame Street book on the outside of it. The title of it is Who Am I? See, um, maybe, maybe she was trying to figure it out even back then. <laughs> 
Someday I'm going to be on Someday. a podcast. I'm pretty sure that's one of those pictures where like Josh is like a shadow, like a, the moon, like his face is like back here, <laughs> like where they put the two pictures together. No, Josh is my son, Holly's yeah. brother. Okay, so I am um, the co-youth pastor here at Tri-State Worship Center. I'm also a nurse, been a nurse for 14 years. I currently work at the VA Medical Center. Where I take care of some amazing veterans. And Woody heroes. Williams, the Woody Williams. Yes, VA the Woody Center. Williams VA Center. Love my job. Um, I have my uh, associates in biblical studies. Mm-hmm. I'm also a credentialed minister. What is my official I think title? Exhorter is still. I have my exhorters, yeah, which makes me learners permit. My learners <laughs> permit. I want to go get my ordained, but I'm kind of being stubborn about it. You? I know. I don't believe it. It's it, it's weird <laughs> because you, you've never really been rebellious at I all. I know, at all. Uh, that's as far as a, a lady can go in the Church of God. So it's like if you do that, then that's it. Then that's There's it. That's, yeah. To. So why do it? That's really not what this podcast is about. <laughs> but <laughs> we do have some pretty major denominations that are really struggling over that. But we we don't have a struggle. You could. No, you I'm can fine pass, with it. You can pass through a church. Know. I can marry and you bury. You can marry and bury. You can, you can do all those things. I, no, I get it. I always joke around about that. It's really not. I shouldn't click that pin. Sorry. I'm I didn't. I didn't well, yeah, why don't you just throw it down on the table? <laughs> um, no, and it's funny because we're doing a growth track class right now here at Tri-State Worship Center. 901 Solida Road. Yes. Um, and one of the things that we are talking about is our denomination. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as he brings up the General Assembly and voting, mm-hmm. I immediately leaned over to the person beside me and was like, and every year they vote on whether women can become bishops or not. <laughs> and they always vote no. Yeah. Well, I, There's it, always that one person that keeps bringing it up <laughs> every year. I don't, know, I, I don't know if I should even continue the conversation because, again, that's not what... The, but... The, the the because you're gonna go on a I do well I do trail. I believe I believe in male headship I, I believe, believe a, in a that, husband no. should be head of his house and so forth and so on I think the Church of God believes in male headship and so we have a general overseer he is our pope if you will and he he's in Cleveland Tennessee and and truly I mean I think there is an age limit but it, truly I think the only prerequisite to become the general overseers to be an ordained bishop. I think that's I mean, people any can, state held. Right. But, and so people could vote for me in, in, to be the general overseer. I, I'm, I'm not politicking Please right now. Don't. I'd vote for you. So, <laughs> no, you couldn't. Uh, so, but I think that's one of the big uh, hindrances to uh, allowing or uh, the female to become an ordained bishop because it's a prerequisite to be the general overseer, and we do believe in male headship. Although we we have no issue, you know, like I said, we have women pastors, we have women evangelists, women teachers. Uh, Holly, it, with her credentials, can marry and bury and baptize and and do all those things. Um, but but we just we probably do stop it short of um, having female headship uh, in, in the church. And so and I'm I'm okay with that. I know some people probably aren't. Uh, and and that's okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm okay with people having their opinion about that. I don't believe it's a heaven and hell issue. I don't, you know, I don't right. think if you're a part of a church or a denomination that does not allow women in either, any leadership position whatsoever, I don't think that's a heaven and hell issue. 
uh, and and us here at Tri-State Worship Center, we have we have females that teach and and preach, uh, and that are in leadership positions, and and uh, I don't think that's a heaven and hell issue. So, Holly, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, well, I'll see you guys. Next you started week. it. No, and I really don't have an issue with it. It's just one of those things I always bring up just to be a little, you know. Just a little well, thank controversial. You for, thank you yes, for doing it. Be a little poker. <laughs> thank you, know. you for taking some time from our podcast. You're welcome. Taking um, it from yourself. Yes. Uh, so I also have my exhorters in the Church of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of ministry at a young age. Mm-hmm. When, as soon as I graduated high school, went to Washington, D.C., was in a program called Master's Commission. Not mathematician. Not mathematician. <laughs> Master's Commission. I was there for four well, years. Man, I feel like that was a slam on me. <laughs> it was. I know. And if you go back to episode two, no, you'll know why. No. Um, uh, so I was there on, like, as a student, and then I was there on staff where we did inner city. Um, you know, ministry with homeless. We did inner city tutoring. We planted a church. We did Embassy Row prayer walks up and down Embassy Row in D.C. We hosted missions trips in the city, uh, preached up and down the East Coast, did Winterfest, all that stuff. Cool, cool. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then you came back when and about the time we planted the church. Yes. And uh, was instrumental in, in helping us get things rolling around here and Leading worships, uh, being particip- a participant on the worship team, and then mm-hmm. uh, eventually uh, youth work. So uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because I, I really want to kind of zero in on uh, a time of your life that uh, you shared with a ladies' conference that was here at the church uh, on this past weekend. Um, and, and I really want to kind of zero in on that. So okay. rather than rather than me try to talk about it or lead you into it. Why don't you just just tell us about that season and and what you went through and I I loved so much the way you shared on Saturday and and uh, so thankful that the Lord moved on your behalf. But just share that that story that season with us. So, um Ryan and I, my husband had been trying to have a child and we were having a lot of I was having a lot of difficulties health-wise. Um and they diagnosed me with what's called polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, and pretty much, not to get too graphic, but I was not ovulating correctly. And so they tried several different things to fix that. They tried uh, medicine. Um, they tried uh, surgery, what they called um, uh, a DNC, which is pretty much, you know, tried to clear everything out and... Um, start from scratch and try to get my body to kind of reset itself. Uh, we did that twice. Mm. Um, and then kept doing biopsies. The biopsies were not horrible, but they weren't great. They were all precancerous. And um, have a grandmother who's already passed away with ovarian cancer, almost all her side of the family, breast cancer, and my grandfather's side of the family, my, all on my mom's side, breast cancer, um, and then my mom had really bad endometriosis, so he was like, pretty much these are going to, these are coming back negative now, but if they continue, if you, we just continue down this path, I mean, this was like two years of, of doing all this stuff, he's like, eventually it's not going to come back good. So pretty much your options are 
we can do this again or we can do um, the uh, total hysterectomy. He recommended total because of all of the history and stuff, which come to find out when they did it, I had a tumor that they didn't see that was on the outside of my ovary. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, call it Mr. Tumor. It's not a tumor. I wrote that on the I wrote that on the picture I got of it, Mr. Tumor. Um, so I had a total hysterectomy, and then after that, um, my com- world completely changed. I nobody tells you um, going into it, which I mean, I've even thought about it, and I told I've told Ryan, I was like, I've thought about doing a book or even a podcast on this subject. Um, that's what you're I mean, on now. <laughs> more than just an episode, but it's a subject that's not talked about. And, I, and, and I've known of stories, and I even actually uh, heard of one between Saturday when I shared this testimony and now um, where someone compared it to postpartum with pregnancy mm-hmm. because the reason that happens is because you have all these hormones when you're pregnant and then you immediately have your baby and all your hormones drop. And so then that's what happens when a lot of women deal with postpartum depression is because they have that rapid change in hormones. And that's, I feel like that's talked about a lot, but when it comes to hysterectomy, it's not talked about a lot because I don't know why people just don't put two and two together, you know? But anyways, menopause takes anywhere from 7 to 14 years to happen. And then it's a gradual decrease in hormones, and we all know the symptoms. Um, I say we all know, but I'm sure you guys know the symptoms. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> very familiar with it. Hot flashes, mood yeah, changes, yeah. you know, things like that. I did go through that with your mom yes. because she had to have a hysterectomy. Yes, and she struggled as well in yes. some of the areas I struggled with. Um so anyways, so 7 to 14 years of a gradual change, and then all of that happens when you have a hysterectomy, you know, within an hour. They don't, this is crazy to me, and I didn't talk about this on Saturday, but they don't pre-test, they don't do a range of your hormones of what you have before you have your hysterectomy to where if you're going to do hormone replacement, what range they need to get into. Like, they don't even do that. They they just don't. They just ballpark it. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even offer, like, my hormone replacement was pretty much because I asked for it because I was like, I don't feel like I'm not myself. Things aren't right. This is like a week after my surgery. I immediately knew something was going on. And so I felt I had horrible depression, horrible anxiety. I didn't want to be around anybody. I felt I was, I would just cry. Like, I literally would just cry. Like, hours upon a time and um there were times when I kind of felt nothing um the thought of doing things was extremely overwhelming I couldn't go to church um couldn't be around anybody I didn't want to talk to anybody people would message me I didn't want to even message them back what's in on Facebook no social media because it would just it would just set me off like I not in like rages or anything like that but just sadness I would see you know, all these perfect, what people portray as their perfect families and stuff. And I would see that stuff and I'm like, I feel awful right now. I just feel sad. I feel hopeless. I feel all these things. What well, kept going back to the doctor. They tried, first they tried pills. No, first they tried a hormone patch. Nope. First they tried pills. Then they tried a hormone patch. Then, um, 
my my gynecologist pretty much told me that there was nothing else they could do for me, that I needed to go see my primary care physician, and that it had to do with my, that they needed to prescribe me medication. So it was just so crazy to me that, that it was almost like a, a, what do you call it, when something's like a single... Like an isolated incident. Anomaly. That's what it is. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Like, it was like it was a shock to them that I was having this kind of response. So I'm on like a month out, and, um, you know, my husband came to had to come to church to keep doing youth group stuff. My mom would come and sit with me at the house because, I mean, it was that bad. Like, there were points where I would literally, and I don't know, if I've even said this out loud, but there were points when I would go sit on my porch so I wouldn't have access to anything that was inside. Like I was having severe suicidal thoughts. um, And so I would just go sit on my porch because I knew that there wasn't anything out there that I could hurt myself with. And when one of the times when mom came over, I was sitting on the porch. She's like, why are you sitting out here? I was like, because I can't be inside. I could hardly listen to music. I couldn't watch TV. I mean, like it was just, it was just awful. It was so bad. So Finally, I'm driving home one day, and I killed a squirrel, and his poor little tail was just flapping in the wind, and um, I was on the phone with with Ryan, and I just started crying. Like, I was hysterically crying. He's like, well, where are you at? And I was like, I'm pulling the driveway. He's like, babe, it was a squirrel. Like, chill. Like, it's all good. And I said to him, you know, it's not that I killed a squirrel. It's that I killed something that probably wanted to live and I don't want to anymore. And he's like, you really need to go see someone now. And so I think it was the next day I went and saw my primary care physician. If anybody's been to a primary care physician in the past five years, um, I don't know. Do they do that to men? Do they ask you guys those questions? I don't really go with the doctor much, so... (laughs) Do you go to the doctor much? Uh, for my blood pressure, yeah. Do they ever ask you questions about, like, your mental health? I feel like, yeah, but it's not, it's kind of like a formality. It's like, just answer a couple of questions. Okay, yeah. we're moving on. Yeah. yeah. So, depending on how you answer them, I guess. Right. You know, but. That, yes, because it's like, it's one of those things, like, if they answer yes, mm-hmm. then you need to follow up with this question. And if they answer no, then you probably get four questions. But if you start answering yes, you're getting 15 questions. So, I got, you know... You know, do you feel sad? Do you feel hopeless? Have you lost interest? Um, is it affecting your sleep? Is is it affecting your job? And I'm just, yes, 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 yes. And I'm crying. And at this time, it was a nurse that was asking me all the questions. And she's like, I need to go get your doctor. And she's like, I'll be right back. She goes out. <clears throat> they actually send a social worker in to sit with me. And then my doctor comes in. And she's like, I mean, because I've seen this doctor for 10 years. She's like, what is going on? I was like, I had me hysterectomy me two months ago and nobody can seem to help me. I am just like, I am so sad. Like I'm depressed. I, something's wrong. And so she, um, she started crying. <laughs> I was crying. She was crying. And she's like, you know what I'm going to have to do. And of course I knew what she was going to have to do. She had to send me to the emergency room she had to send me by ambulance. That is, you know, kind of the rules because if she would have let me drive over there, even though she knew me and she knew I probably would have gone, you know, if I wouldn't have, that would fall back on her. So I went. They actually let me, like, they didn't put me on a gurney or anything. They let me, like, sit there in the back of the thing where the um, 
the ambulance guys normally sit. Anyway, so I went um, to the hospital. Ryan came over there, met me. I, I think he called you guys to tell you what was kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't tell us a lot, but enough. Yeah, so her, her job was to send me there, but then another doctor would have to go through the whole thing with me again. And when I tell you from the moment I stepped in her office until I eventually made it to the behavioral unit at another hospital... I cried the entire time. Like, I, there was no, I mean, I did not stop. I was bawling. And um, so there was no room at that hospital that had transferred me to another hospital. And side note, you know, they're like, you're, you'll get be able to call your husband tomorrow. And I immediately thought, I don't know his phone number. <laughs> like, I don't know his phone number. Yeah. Um, Cause you have it just have on, it on my phone, phone yeah. yeah. Like I know your all's phone number because we've all had the same phone number since. I mean, since long, we've got first time. got yeah. cell phones, but no, I didn't. And so I was like, "What's your?" What's your? And I re- here's how I remembered it. This is so funny. So it was three zero four nine three nine, and then it was Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant because it was twenty three two eight, and that's how I remembered it. And the whole way in the ambulance, I just, that's all I did was repeat that phone number over and over, 939-2328-939. And if anybody wants to call Ryan, it's 939-2328. So, um, yeah, so I got admitted inpatient. I obviously have never felt more just disappointed. I felt like I had failed everybody. I felt... um, all of my dignity was gone. I mean, was gone. By the time I made that made it to that emergency room, my dignity was gone. There was a nurse that was taking care of me, and somebody was trying to get him to do something. And, and um, he goes, give me just a minute. I, I'm with a suicide. Mm-hmm. And that was me. Yeah. And, I, well, number one, I wanted to write them so bad and be like, that was just, like, it was loud and, and yeah. calling to somebody else in another room. And this was a hospital that I... I I went in and had to work with with my job. That was another thing. I was seeing people that I knew. Yeah. Anyways, um, but it's an, it's embarrassing. Yeah, and then, I can see how that could be upsetting. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And so, I mean, it was late. I think by the time I got to this other hospital, it was probably 11, 12 o'clock um, at night. And uh, had to go through everything again with them there. They were super awesome. I couldn't say enough nice things about the person who just checked me in. Of course, they had to take my phone. They had to take my shoes. Um, another thing that not a lot of people know is Ryan was able to go home and get me clothes because I, uh, I didn't know how long I was going to be there. They were like, they will issue you, or, you scrubs or, or he can go get you clothes before you leave because it was going to be like an hour before they could come get me. If no one thought I was crazy beforehand, they did by the time that he got me those clothes because he picked out, like, the, I mean, nothing matched. Nothing whatsoever. Well, you didn't really expect it to, did you? Oh, my goodness. It was like. These aren't even my clothes. Yeah, no. Where did you get these was, from? They were his T-shirts and, like, leggings and, like, Halloween leggings. Like, it was almost summer. And, like, on my intake. Well, that's kind of cool, though, because, you I mean, if you wear them during Halloween, you only get to wear them oh, a week. That's true. And now here you get to wear them a little it bit extra. It was like they were the, had a list. 
They're like one pair of Jack Skellington leggings. Said <laughs> <laughs> this woman and her style. It yeah. like one red Journey T-shirt, like the actual band T-shirt. Oh my goodness! I was like Ryan. He was like, I was trying to hurry and blah blah. blah. Just give me the scrubs. Yeah. Like. <laughs> he did really. Like he held it together for me, but I knew. The moment they took me out of that hospital to take me to the other hospital, I mean, I could see it in his eyes and that he was concerned and he was worried and he didn't let me see that. And I knew he probably broke down on the way home. But I mean, that was, it was a moment I don't want to remember, but at the same time, I will never forget. I mean, it was, it was awful. It was awful. Well, I mean, keep going or yeah, no, I, I want you to keep going, but I also want people to realize that that all too often this is a subject that's just swept under the rug. And yeah. I think a lot of times it, it is swept under the rug because we don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. We don't you, you find somebody that's in a, a deep, dark spot, a depression, what you know, what even suicidal. And sometimes you just don't know what to say, so you don't say anything, and then by not saying anything, you're not you're really kind of making it worse. And so I, I think, you know, one of the things I want to say before you finish up the, your story is that, I mean, if you are listening to this podcast and you have those kinds of thoughts, you, you need to talk to somebody. You yeah. need somebody to, you know, to, to take you by the hand and, and walk through the process, whatever that needs to be. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here as uh, the pastor of the church, but also, you know, Holly is my daughter. And, and in that time, it was, it was, it was a challenge for me, um, just to make sure I would I would know what to say and how to say it and say it in a way that was going to be received as encouragement and not you know as a critique and all the different things that you just have to be aware of. So, you know, if if you are listening right now and and you have found yourself in those spots, uh, please 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 find somebody to talk to. Call us here at, at the church seven four zero five two three zero two three one. We we will gladly you know try to try to talk with you and 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 walk with you through through whatever it is so i I did want to throw that in uh because i want people to understand that's the reason we're talking about it is because i feel i feel like and especially after hearing uh this story again i mean obviously it wasn't the first time i've heard it but the way you shared it on saturday was just uh just kind of hit hit different (laughs) Is that how they say it? Hit different? Mm-hmm. It hit different? I'm not hip. You're not Gen Z? Mm-mm. That's sus. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a roll. I yeah, like I can't mm. have it. Yeah. Can't have it. We should call you Butter. No, that's, that's not, no. That, that's no. not no. Gen Z, man. So that's all Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> that's 1980s Tyler. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so um, I we, think that was one of the things that was good for me is because if anybody knows me, I'm a very honest person and I, I was not shy on how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I was very honest with Ryan. I was very honest with you. I was very honest with mom. And I remember one, at one point you said to me, well, what about your family? Like, if you're not going to, if you won't stay for yourself, watch, stay for your family. And mm-hmm. I, and I said to him, I don't care right now. I, I know, I know the answer is wrong. But I'm telling you, I I did not, that was not on my brain. Like, it, there was no connection there. Like, I just felt disconnected from everything. And um, so anyways, after I was in there for a while, and I don't want to go into extreme details, but um, 
I was kind of the odd man out, you know. Number one, most of the people that were there were much, much younger than me. Much younger than me. Um, much younger than me. And um, probably had been there before. Um, there was one girl who kept coming in my room at night. It was really creepy. Um, <laughs> for real. I do think that's one of the reasons I did got. I was able to leave when I stayed three nights and left on the fourth day. Um was after, you know, I'd done some counseling and they had adjusted my medications and really got me to be able to sleep better, which was a, a big plus. Um, but I, there was a, a patient there that kept bothering me, and I think that's one of the reasons they let me go home because um, she just kept coming in my room at night and standing wow. at the end of my bed. Yeah, that's a little creepy. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. But it's uh, it, it was a lot. So anyways... Um, came home, uh, discovered pellet therapy, mm-hmm. hormone pellet therapy. So it's, it is plant, um, plant, what's the word? Made hormones, mm. um, simulated hormones. And there are little pellets about the size of rice. And um, you get those inserted, and they release themselves like natural hormones instead of like a pill or stuff that that just kind of you're not sure how your body's going to absorb it. Anyways, I did that. Um, I got on some different medication, and by the end of August, so I had my surgery in April. By the end of August, I stepped into church for the first time during suffuse. Mm-hmm came to a suffuse service for the youth. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a youth retreat yeah. thing yeah. that we do. and I came to one service. Um, I left crying, but I did it. <laughs> and then slowly after that, I was making steps to be able to come back and everything. Um, and then two years later, um, my husband and I get a phone call about... Um, his nephew who needed someone to take care of him because he was in a bad situation. And, um, so we went and picked him up and, um, we've had him ever since adopted him January of 2023. Um, and it was so cool because I don't, I guess I didn't really know how adoptions worked. I'd never really been around it or experienced it, but like you legit get a birth certificate that says, I mean, if anybody looks at his birth certificate, he was born with me and Ryan. Mm. Like, we are his parents. Mm. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, so he's six. He's going to be seven, two weeks. Um, but I still, I and I said this on Saturday, I still struggle. I mean, there are still days when I feel sad. And there's days I text dad and just, hey, pray for me. Just feeling sad, feeling down. Um even yesterday, I'll be honest enough to say, um, Saturday, I forgot to take my medicine. And then Sunday was a day that was different. Like if my routine gets thrown off. Um, and so I didn't take my medicine before church yesterday. So, yesterday was very different. Yes. <laughs> we were in Ashland. All this we time. weren't even in this building. Yeah. yeah. And so by the time church was over, like I am, and my mom could tell. I was like, I just need to go home. She goes, you look like you're about to. Mm-hmm. I was just tearful. Like I was just, I was like, I didn't take my medicine. And I got in the car and I told Ryan, I was like, just makes me, it makes me feel like a horrible person. He's like, why? I was like, because I hate that I had to be 
that I need medicine to help regulate how I feel. And he was like, God created medicine yeah. just as much as he, you know, created anything else. He goes, and, and you recognize, hey, I need to take my medicine. He's like, but it doesn't control you. You still have control of your emotions. And he's right. And But those are just the thoughts that go yeah. through your head when you suffer like that. Well, I would say two things. One, you didn't leave before getting food from Fat Boy's food no, truck. No, I did not. Fat Boy so, Q. Uh, hello, Shout merch. Out. A little bit of money. Yes. And um, some ribs, please. <laughs> How about that mac and cheese with the pork on that? Oh, I'm sorry. I just think uh, their, their wings are... Oh. But, but I, I would say, too, and that, that all good things come from above. Yeah. And I know that what we want to do is pray about something, put our hands on a person, and, and, and that the Lord miraculously, divinely, instantly heals them. And I and we believe in that. We do believe in that. Mm-hmm. But also I know that that modern medicine is a good thing. Yeah. And and if all good things come from above, then modern medicine is a good thing. So whether it be by miracle or medicine, it's a good thing and we thank God for it. And and so in, in those instances, uh, whether it be someone with with a mental health issue or whether it's a physical health issue, you know, our prayer is, Lord, if you're going to use uh, medicine to bring the healing, then give the wisdom to the doctors and the nurses, give them knowledge to bring about your will so that in the end, again, whether by miracle or medicine, we give you the praise for the healing process because all of it comes from, from him. Yeah. And uh, I, I confess uh, that it probably wasn't until about, I'm going to say 25 years ago, uh, that, that I struggled with how to deal with people that, that had uh, mental health struggles. And there was a particular episode that happened uh, at the church I was at at the time that really kind of changed my whole perspective um, on, on sometimes we need help. Sometimes we, we need prayer always, but then sometimes, yeah, we, we need um, a, a medicine to help regulate things that are kind of out of whack. And that's a good thing. And all, and all good things come from above. So I hope you enjoyed the food. It was good. All right. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I mean, whether it's miracle or medicine, it's, it's a God thing. And, yeah. and I'm, I think we should be prayerful and thankful that, that the Lord works in, in both of those ways. Yeah. And so how, tell us how, I mean, you, you obviously skipped uh, a couple of years there and, and went to the adoption and that's great. Where, where, Right now, in in this moment, you recognize that it's still a daily thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, during those moments um, when I was hospitalized, um, when I was sitting at home, knowing, you know, it's so weird the the battle that you have in your mind because you know I knew I needed to be at church. I want. I knew that it would help me to be around people, but it was. I mean, it was literally like I. Like, even the thought of it would just, I mean, I just, it was like I couldn't function. And there were times when I prayed, several times when I prayed, um, where I didn't feel God and I didn't hear from God. Um, I tried to listen to sermons. You know, there were times when I couldn't even listen to the, the live stream. Um, and I, I don't feel like I was... I don't know how to say this, and you can probably correct me if if I'm if it's coming across wrong. I don't feel like I was 
backslidden or away from God. Mm. I don't feel like I was sinning. Mm. I just feel like I was at a place where I wasn't, I knew he was there. I knew he was there. I mentally knew that God was with me, but I did not feel him um, at all. And that was hard. It was a place where there was just no peace or rest. And um, but now I I even when I have those moments because I do have those moments and I have moments where I feel lonely in a crowd of people. I feel like so alone, um, and just you know I don't. It's weird to explain it sometimes. It makes me sound like I don't know. I'm not depressed, but there were times when I feel that hopelessness and that that loneliness and that sadness, that blues. Um, <laughs> um, when I feel that, and I I have to remind myself of God's promises, and mm-hmm. I have to remind myself of what the Bible says, and I have to remind myself that that David and Elijah and so many other people, Jesus in the garden, have felt that that deep longing of anxiety and depression and sadness at times. And it's not, it's not a sin Mm -hmm. to feel those things where we cross into the, the bad part is when we rely on those things to be the truth, right? Because that's not necessarily the truth. Although I do feel them. Yes. God's word is the truth. And it tells me that I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. It tells me not to be afraid. And it tells me all of these things. And so it really is disciplining your mind to say, okay, my mind is telling me all of these things, but I'm going to believe what the word of the Lord says. Mm-hmm. Too many times we don't want to take that responsibility, though. Right. Well, it's easier to go with our feelings, and we're seeing that in our world today. Everybody wants to just go by how they feel. You know, Philip Yancey is a Christian author that, that I love. I love how he writes and the things that he writes. But he went, he went through a, a dark period, and um, he said he got to the point where he, he couldn't pray. He couldn't even pray. And uh, what he did was he read a book of prayers. One prayer, there was 365 prayers in the in the book, and he said he read them all. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, even in the middle of that, three-fourths of the way through that, still just never really felt. He said, but by the time he reached the end of it, reading 365 prayers for a year, he said at the end of that he felt closer to God when that was done than he did even before uh, all of that had set in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes we we have to will ourselves 100%. we have to do that and and uh i'm not again please don't interpret that that those times don't have to come if we can will them away that's not what we're saying they, they're real and and it has touched our family personally here as well as our church family and uh and so we recognize that it's real but we also know that god's word is true mm-hmm. and uh and that uh, he is always a, a, a constant help, even in a time of trouble. He's a present help. He's there to help us, even when we don't feel it. And uh, I'll just share this story real quick, and then we gotta we gotta finish up. But uh, Holly mentioned her grandmother, my wife's mom, my mother-in-law. She she passed away of uh, ovarian cancer. She was in the hospital for the last time uh, before she had gone home, and and the Lord uh, took her to heaven. Uh, she was in the room. I was in the room. Vicky had to step outside for something. And, and as a pastor, you always feel like you have to say something. And let me just say to you, pastors, learn something from me that I had to learn in that situation. That is sometimes it's okay just to be in the room. You don't have to say anything, just be there. But I said to her, I said, so, you know, what's going on, Joe? Now, how are you feeling? You know, what's, and, and she said, well, I just pray a lot. And I said, well, what, what do you hear? You know, and I, 
in the moment, I wish I hadn't said it, but I'm so glad I did now because of what her response was. And, and I, I said, well, what are you here? She said, I don't hear anything. I was like, well, what do you think that means? And she said, well, when the, when the teacher gives a test, he doesn't talk. And I think, man, it just, it was, it was an epiphany. It was just one of those moments that I thought, that, wow. I mean, that's yeah. an answer for so many things. You know, we, we want in our, in the moment, we want God to just bust the skies open mm-hmm. and with this booming voice, tell us, okay, here's what's going to happen next. And here's where I'm at and I'm getting ready to, but sometimes he's like, just be still. Just be still and know that I'm God. It doesn't say be still and understand it all, be still and figure it all out. Just be still and know that I am God. And and in those moments, sometimes the best thing we can do is just know and believe and trust and hope in God, even when it it doesn't feel like that that's what we should be doing. And so, again, I I encourage you, you, if you are struggling, if you're in that season where... Um, you know, some some depressive type thoughts are, are there. I mean, find somebody, find a church, call us again, 740-523-0231. We would love to walk through it with you. Um, hopefully we, we've been enlightened a little bit on how to do that because of, of even what Holly's been through. And so uh, we're, we're here for you. If we can help you, we, we want to do that. So Holly, you want to you want to throw anything else out there? My biggest thing is just to not be dismissive. Um, and that, that's my biggest thing because this is, and I will, I won't go for, I'll make it quick. (laughs) Um, one of the things that's really easy to do is trying to convince someone that they don't feel the way that they feel. And that's, that's never the answer. Don't ever do that. Um, Someone says, I feel this way. And you say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Or that's not a big deal. Yes. Look at all the blessings you have. Like I, I was blessed. I had a husband who loved me, you know, great ministry. I, I, I have a wonderful family. Um, yes, you do. I do. My dad is amazing. He is incredible. Um, I had, <laughs> from the outside world, I had zero reason to feel yeah. depressed, you know? And even now, people's like, well, your body should be adjusted. Okay, well, it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and, and, you know, so don't ever dismiss, don't ever try to, Ex- like ex- explain somebody else's feelings. Let them talk, pray for them, and point them to encouraging scriptures. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's my best advice. Yeah. All right, we got to shut her down. Holly, thanks for sharing. I know it's not always easy to do, but you do it so well, and we well, appreciate thank you. that. Tyler, thank you for being the magician that you are, and for replacing your thumb back yeah, on. I your finally hand. got it back on. There. We appreciate that. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you joining us for this episode. Uh, we, we, I think we have one more in this season that we will be doing. And then we'll do one of uh, Q&A at the, at the end of the season. But we appreciate you listening. Don't forget to tune in next time. Rate, review, like, share. share. What did I leave out? Care. Care. No, that's, not care. One of them. that's not one of them. And be there. <laughs> or be square. Yeah. That's not Gen Z. Okay. Oh God bless you all. Join us again next time. We'll see you. Bye. See ya.